Hello. Got the wrong. Oh, there we go. Now we're good. How's how's that? Uh, same as before. No, it's the same. Same this as is, it ever was. Same as it ever was. This is the right one. I got all the. I think I got all my speakers working. Cool. Um, wait, where's the sound? Output. All right, go there. Input. Yep, yep. It's a, I got. I, I checked them all. I checked all the boxes. I go to nine different places. Zoom. Then I go to the to the sound bar. Then I go to uh, the um, what's it called? Uh, system preferences. And it's all mm-hmm. it's all there. I'm the, I got it. It's working. How are you? Welcome to Food Safety Talk. <laughs> Hi. Who are you? Hi. I was thinking about um, doing a a bit with you today where I made you do 20 questions, but it was me. I was the special guest. Mm. Right. That would have been great. Yeah, that would have been, I, 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 that would have been that. Oh man, you've spoiled that now. That would have been a good one. Yeah. But, but I thought maybe it was like too, uh, too on the nose, right? Like I couldn't get a special guest, but I got, let me tell you, there is no special (laughs) guest today. But I have two. well, Ben. To be honest, you're pretty special. I'm pretty special, but I have two. <laughs> I have two lined up that that are that are going to be awesome. And okay. uh, um, yeah, so and one of them is is not well. Neither of them are are Bill Marler, who is another guest. Like we've got guests coming up from in in so many different uh, episodes, but Bill couldn't make it today because he's talking to South Africa. <laughs> all oh, okay. Well, all it's, of them. It's, it's all, yeah. That's it's, what he said. Uh, it's, it's also seven in the morning, but if he's talking to South Africa, who knows what time he's he's on? Right, know? right. Seven in the morning, his time. Uh, um, sorry, got a call with South Africa. Is what he said. That That's time. okay. So, yeah, it, okay. I, I find it man. really. He's, he's more busy than we are. I think sometimes. Right, right. Well, and I find it really interesting that he's able to talk to the whole country. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm one of those giant big screen TVs in, yeah. a, in a in a public square with the loudspeakers. Yeah, like uh, Hunger Games. <laughs> I was thinking 1984, but yeah, sure. That too. Yeah, well, that, that that Apple that Apple commercial uh, with uh, where the the uh, the lady throws the hammer. Yes. Yeah. That. Yeah. Hi, hunger, yeah. All all of it. Um. So yeah. So no no guests today, but that's okay because I got stuff I want to talk to you about. Um, and, and one of them, you might be, it might surprise you or it might not surprise you. And I think we'll probably do a risky or not on this, but what this one will come out earlier. We're going to talk about eating, um, raw Buffalo hearts. Oh yeah. Right. So that's, yeah. that one's fun. Um, and we're going to talk about infant for- formula again. Um, and where, there was something else I was going to, I wanted to talk to you about. Um, and I, so, um, the other thing I need, I need help. I need some suggestions from you because I'm in a, I'm in a lull of, uh, things to watch on. There's so many things to watch Mm. that what, what is the, uh, wasn't there a Springsteen song, like, uh, 182 channels and nothing's on. I I I don't think that was Springsteen. No, maybe. I don't know. Channels. Springsteen. We've talked about this. Um, Springsteen channels, nothing on. Fifty-seven channels and nothing 57 on. Fifty-seven channels. Okay. The, I but I I mean this is it's from nineteen ninety-two. That was before we even had streaming. And I think he would update it. There would be a twenty twenty-two version of this. 
that would be uh, 162 streaming apps and nothing on. Uh, yeah. So um, I, so let's, let's start here. <laughs> so th- there are so many things that I know I want to start, but I don't actually want to start them because of the commitment. So I don't know. Did mm. you watch the, did you, did you watch, watch the chess show last year? Yeah. Yes. Queen, yep. So didn't watch that, but, and it's in my, it's in my list. Um, there's the, there's the one with the, um, with, with the, uh, with the blood, the, not, not there will be blood, but the one with the, uh, with the blood testing, uh, uh, oh, uh Theranos. Theranos. Yeah. So I watched all the documentaries, but there's a show on that, that I'm, I'm apparently supposed to watch now okay. with, with Amanda, Amanda Seafried. Then there's, okay. um, what else is there, there? So, so, but I want, I need you to be my personal curator. Cause, cause you and I have similar tastes around things that make us laugh. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm now finished a uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, which makes me laugh, but I think probably makes Kristen uncomfortable. Yeah. I've never seen a full episode. No. So, yeah. I didn't. That's fine. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. It's, it's not for you. Well, it might be for well, you. Well, it might be for me. You. It's not for us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, but um, I've watched a bunch of Taskmaster and I like it, but they're very, they're a little bit repetitive, <laughs> maybe, right? Like, like I enjoy there's it. There's a they- formula for the show, right? Like, like there's a, there's a bunch of silly guests and they have to do a bunch of silly things. And then, you know, there's, yeah. there's humorous dialogue about the silly things, right? I mean. And it's, and it's good, but they're, um, Danny's not a, she's not fully into it. She's not into it the same way that we're into, um, uh, would I lie to you, which always gets a laugh. Like it's no matter what we're, and and now with BritBox, I get to see them weekly and it's, and it's good. Yeah. What, Um, yeah. What I lie to you is very, it is, it is very, it's a, such a simple premise. It's just people on a game show stage talking, but boy, it, it, they can, it, it, it really, it does engage you. I think in a way, I mean, Taskmaster is fun, but, but what, what I lie to you engages your brain in a way where you're trying to, you're like one of the contestants, right? You're trying to figure out is the person lying or not. And it, it really does. It does engage you for sure. Yeah. And it's because it's like storytelling, right? Like the, right. The, right. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's really good. Um, and, and we, we just like, no matter what we've gone back and actually I got my mom hooked on it, um, with, uh, with Brit box at, uh, in the hall in the holiday, mm-hmm. um, season. And she's now gone back to like watch every season of it. Um, which, which is cool. But then there's another one that we've like dropped in on, but it's good when we watch it, but it's not always great. And it's about like, names it's another british okay. panel show it's like what's who's the best tom or who's the best jessica or the best elizabeth and okay. i think it's called names is that her name game i don't know well, while you while you look that up i want to tell you about a couple of things that we've been watching that are one that we're we've just finished and the other one that we are um, uh, in the midst of. And the one that we have just finished is called Friday Night Dinner. And the only, the only person that we really know from it is Tasman Gregg, who we know uh, because she was in one of our infinitely 
good and British and rewatchable shows, Black Books. Have we talked about Black Books here? No, I don't think so. No, we don't, I don't know this one. Okay. What's Black Books? So, yeah. so Black Books is uh, a, a, a drunken Irish guy who owns a bookshop, a used oh, bookshop. Oh, yes, yes. You did mention this. I just didn't remember yeah. it was called. Yeah. Yeah. And Black, Black Books is great. And Tasman Gregg is in that. Um, but Friday Night Dinner is about a British Jewish family and, and, and the Jewishness figures into it because it's the Sabbath, right? It's Friday Night Dinner and their two grown sons come over and they're just all very weird. And then there's their weird neighbor who, who has, has kind of the hots for the mom and is always ringing the doorbell and interrupting their Friday Night Dinner. And it is... It is weird in a way that only British TV can be weird. Um, and it's, it's, it's just, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a little bit like kind of like I, I, the kids say cringe. I mean, it's, 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 it's cringy in that it makes you cringe because they're just so weird and awkward. Um, but, um, but again, uh, if you, it's, it's worth, it's worth watching it. It's worth watching S1E1 and seeing if, if it's for you, but it is, uh, and they just sort of, you know, it's just the four of them plus the weird neighbor, Jim. Um, and, and the, all of the adventures they get into on a Friday night. <laughs> and uh, anyway, um, and then the one that we have just started watching is another British show called Travel Man. And this, and we, we, I think we've talked about this because we, we, we always have trouble pronouncing his name, Richard, Ayuwede, who is from the yes. IT crowd. Yeah. And so we're, we're into, uh, we're up to season two of Travel Man, which um, features uh, uh, Greg Davies. Greg Davies. Oh, he's on? Yeah. Really? He's in, he's, he's in an episode. Yeah. Okay. I like, you know, I like him a lot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And he's, and he is, and, and Richard is just very, you know, weird and sort of on the spectrum in terms of his affect, I think, but, uh, but it's, it's good. And they and they, they just, we just finished uh, 48 hours in Moscow, which is the one with um, uh, what's his butt. Um, Greg Davies. Did I, have we talked about the uh, traveling with my father? No, I don't think that's what it's called. Travel. My... Yeah. Travel with my father travels with my father. This is it's uh, Jack Whitehall. Who's also on these panel shows. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, it's a Netflix show. Danny and I really like this one. Um, but again, it's mainly because his dad, uh, uh, Michael is the star of the show. Like, like he's, mm -hmm. he's a, he, he was Mike, Michael Whitehall, I think oh. was a, um, he was a, a, re a retired, um, uh, agent, like a performing agent for, um, uh, people in theater. What's that called? Like, a you know what they're you're like a business agent right an, like, an get, agent just an agent get, it's it's yeah give people their gigs yeah. go yeah go get me a gig yeah. so it's called, it's called it's called their agent their agent yeah that guy that's just uh, what it's called yeah it's, yeah it's not yeah, a the, special, we, yeah. this looks familiar i think we might have seen this or some of it it's yeah. really it's really good um and i mean some of it's staged right because it because it has to be you know but they go it, it's just a really uh i i thought it was a really lovely show and jack whitehall i find him really funny um so this was good so we've gone through all these right like um that we've we've done the we, i don't know we've we've gone through we've gone through this the greg greg davis davis davies however you say his name 
I really like, I mean, obviously like I'm on Taskmaster. Um, I, I really, really liked him in Man Down. And I know we've yes. talked about Man Down. Yes. Yes. I watched Cuckoo, Cuckoo. Did you watch that? Mm-hmm. I didn't really like nope. it. Okay. Um, I, I, it wasn't uh, Andy Samberg's in it. And it's, uh, anyway, just, it wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't for me, but it's another one that's on Netflix. Um, I did watch the cleaner. And, oh yes. And oh, I didn't. We, so I know didn't, you didn't lo- click for you. I, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. We, we loved it. Right. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. bo- it's, it's now bothering me that I don't know. Like, I think I really <laughs> like him, but I can't like some of the stuff it's too. Oh, it's fantastical. It's too right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's actually the dark. The darkness isn't the issue. Issue? It, okay. Yeah, it's, it's the just, it's it's the implausibility. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and in fact, that the Toast of London. Did you did you watch any of that? Because I know Merlin's talked about Toast of London. No, and I know I that. mentioned it um, okay. here because I think we um, Toast of London. There's uh, Matt Matt Berry is the guy who plays Stephen Toast, um, and it. I had to I had to acquire this one somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. but it was, um, there, there's this super cut of, of Matt Barry, who's a, he's a, a an, a, an actor, a theater actor in London, but on the side, his side hustle is doing all these voiceovers. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this, all this, um, a super cut of, uh, Clem Fandango, Yes. which, and, and if, oh, yes, yes, I, yes, yes, I can hear you Clem Fandango. So I, yeah. in fact, loved and I think I mentioned this on the show a while ago. I watched the supercut of Yes, I Can Hear You, Clem Fandango, 40 times. And the show isn't as good as the supercut of that. But I wish that the show was that. Like, I wish it was more, I, I, I don't know. So, so I, anyway, like some of these things aren't just aren't clicking for me anymore. And I want to find, I want another man down because I loved man right. down. And right. I want another more, I don't know. So, hey, oh, yeah. And, so and I, you want and you want a cleaner that is uh, that that's that you like. Yeah, you like I, I I was really hoping for for the cleaner to be, um, I I don't know, just more, um, I don't know, more, yeah, more more like something that Ricky Gervais would have written, right? right. <laughs> but he didn't. He it's, it's someone else wrote it. Um, oh, so the other panel show that I couldn't remember is called insert name here. Okay. And so it's, yeah, but, but the, there's people that are on it quite a bit who I like James at a caster who I really, I really oh, like sure. Yep. Sarah Pasco, who I really like yep. Nish Kumar. So, so there's, it, it's a nut, but yeah. It, um, so check that, so, check that out. So interestingly, when you Google insert name here, <laughs> Um, I did the same the, thing. The first, the first hit is a uh, uh, a premium brand out of Los Angeles mm-hmm. um, who has uh, ponytail extensions. I don't know, and it's in H hair. I N H. Yeah. In insert name hair. <laughs> That's weird. Um, yeah. Yeah. Insert name here, ponytail extensions. They've done a good job with, uh, yeah, with the uh, SEO, maximize yeah, their apparently, SEO. Apparently. Uh, um, uh, insert, insert name here, TV. There we mm, go. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. So it's a, it's an interesting. I almost bought some ponytail extensions, Ben. <laughs> right, 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 right. I don't even, don't even have a ponytail. 
Don't, yeah, I guess I, I guess that's why I need the extensions. The, exactly, they're they're calling it out to us. Okay, so I got to find my shade, man. I'm going to take this quiz to find the perfect match in 90 seconds. Well, <laughs> do it just perfect. I look forward to the show art being uh, your <laughs> your pony ponytail. And and Don, did you know? Like, if you go to their Twitter page, there uh, the byline is actually vegan ponytail extensions. So these are <laughs> these aren't just ponytail. They're I, vegan you know. If I, when I when I need a ponytail extension, Ben, I only want a vegan ponytail extension. Yeah, that should Don't, be the show title. Yeah. <laughs> Hot tools, butterflies. Click, click the link or DM. Find your perfect shade. So I, you know, who knew? Who knew about uh, about ponytail extensions? This is why you and I are not in that in the ponytail extension world. Oh, but we could be Ben. <laughs> well, insert name. Insert, if your name was insert Don's ponytail extensions, would be the, would be the name that I've inserted into the hair into the hair world. Oh. Um. So, all right. Um. I got that. The, uh, did I tell you? I, I'm not sure. The other thing that I've started doing, because you know, this is the part of the show where I just tell you about things that we're consuming. I've been consuming um a, a apple music show called from strombo from george strombolopoulos did i tell you this Mm-mm. no this is new okay so so i um is good. he a tv personality george he was, he was yeah so that's uh, george uh, stephanopoulos okay but i think but, you're thinking of george soros the guy that uh, controls everything pizzagate guy uh strombo is um, so he he's a he's a Canadian because you know Canadian content. Um, he is a, uh, a, a he's got his his own show on. Um, Wait, is this the Australian-born mix retired mixed martial artist of Greek descent? It is not. It is not. Okay, that's George Sotiropoulos. Different guy. Different guy. Different guy. Okay, so. So George George Stromalopoulos used to host. You're thinking uh, of St- George Stephanopoulos. George Stephanopoulos <laughs> from Sesame, from Sesame Street. Street. Yeah, um, he he used to he used to host a, a radio show like that was on actual radio in in Ontario when I was growing up, and then he host, also hosted, which was the very weirdest crossover. So this think of a guy who's like super hip, um, really into like new music and then he went and hosted hockey night in canada <laughs> because they sure, needed- because because it, why not everybody can host hockey night in canada ben right w- which is like the most canadian you know canadian thing right like every saturday night hockey night in canada needs a they need a studio host and so so they wanted to be they wanted to be a, bit, a little bit younger uh, and so they went and got George and said, okay, go do your, go, go do your George thing, but on hockey night Canada. And it didn't last hmm. as you hmm. might've, might've thought. Uh, hard, hard to imagine why that wouldn't work. Yeah. But now he's on Apple music radio and he does okay. a live show, but I don't listen to it live, but, but I, I'm now, you know, we go through phases and you know, I've talked about this. I'm, I'm in a music phase right now. I've li- I'm listening to less podcasts and listening to more music. But he he's introducing me to more new music. And I feel like every day he's given me stuff that I'm not, I don't even know about. But I'll tell you the the risk is every once in a while I'll get in the car and I'll be listening to this show. It's kind of, it's a little bit hard to navigate because 
It is a one hour long Apple radio show. And if there's a, a song that you don't like and you advance it, well, yeah. it, it, it doesn't, it takes you to the next episode of the one oh. hour long. Not. Yeah. Right. Right. But, but so, anyway, so, so do you, do you listen, do you listen on overcast? I don't, I listen to it on the, um, maybe I should listen to it on over on overcast. Well, at least, at least then you can, ha- I think you, you can, I don't know if it's customizable within the podcast about how, what the, how far the skip button sends you. Well, it could be a chapter the, too, right? Like, I don't know if they're chapters. Uh, the, well, I'm sure they don't have put chapters in because why they want you to yeah. listen to all the music, you know? Yeah, it's. It, I think it's only. Well, I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna figure this out. It's a radio. Okay. It's not a podcast. It's Apple Music. Okay. Um. So a, anyway. Oh. 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 Okay. Well. Right. Like it's. That, but yeah. it kind of. It's like halfway between a podcast and 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 a like a playlist because he talks yeah. during. And, and anyway, there's a bunch of stuff. But I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed it. He's introducing me to new stuff. Um. My kids are kind of into it because we we have a similar like the things that he plays are similar to the things that we like to listen to um but but the reason why i was gonna why i wanted to give you all this backstory is yesterday mm-hmm. as i was driving jack home from school my 13 year old one song came on and i can't remember what it was and my kid went on a five minute tirade about how terrible the song was like it started within the first 20 seconds of the song. And then the song wow. ended and he was still talking <clears throat> about how this was the worst song he'd ever heard. It was unimaginative. Like he was using all these musical terms now that that he he's like a music, my, my kid's a music critic at 13. Uh, but that's, that's, that's it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like the people that uh, listen to Howard Stern, you know, the people that like him listen for two hours, people that hate him listen for three hours. Right, right, yes. Um, so, so anyway, wow. I, he's uh, what, uh, so wow. I gotta he find this. He should, he should start a podcast. He should, he really should start a podcast. It was, I I've never heard him speak so passionately. Wow. First of all, about a yeah. music, really, I think anything, this was, it was like well, a, a pre-prepared he's, tirade. He's, he's 13. I, there's, there's a, there's a genetic, um, hormonal component, I believe. Oh yeah. yeah he, he's probably just going to be really angry about everything for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, this is true. Like getting up in the morning, getting up in the morning. Um, um. He, yeah. Um, so he, uh, it, it was anyway, I'll, I'll see as we talk a little bit more, if I can find the, the show, the, the song, um, that he, that put him over the edge. And I, I'm not saying it was a great song, but it didn't deserve the tirade. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so anyway, I and this is one of those the ones where it's like check out the Strombo show on Apple Music, except you have to be an Apple Music subscriber, so it's probably not for everybody. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm I can tell you right now. I mean, I'm <clears throat> I'm not I'm not going to. No, so, it's um, not for you. It's fine. You know, and I I really don't listen to music that much these days. Um, I'm just into podcasts or. Or not listening to anything, but it's yeah, podcasts are nothing for me. <laughs> yeah, which is again okay. Just you do you do you. Um, so, uh, all right, food food safety things. Um, so I wanted to talk about um, Buffalo Hearts first. So, did you see this? Do you know who Heidi Montag is? No. 
I know. Mont- I vaguely Montag. know the name. I, I'm, I think I might know. That this is a name of a person that I know their name, but I don't know anything about them. And I, I, I'm actively trying to not learn more about them. Well, you, you're going to fail. You're going to fail at that. <laughs> you're going to actively learn about her right now. So she was in The Hills, which was an MTV reality TV show that was like at the, at the early on of reality TV. Well, maybe not. Maybe not super early. It wasn't like Survivor Real was world. in the... Yeah, real world. This, but this was a second generation of reality TV, um, and and the, mm. people became famous for being famous. Famous, yeah. yeah. Um, and so Heidi is um, she. Anyway, she's the, she's now. I think she was a. Oh yeah, the what has she done now? She she's got a couple of at least one studio album. Um, a couple of EPs. She's a musician. Um, more is more, uh, which is a song I, which I don't know, but according to Wikipedia, charted at 27 on uh, the peak U.S. club charts in 2009. Um, but but she does stuff in the like people people pay attention when she does things, and so she ate. Well, that's the uh, that's that's what the way it is, Ben. When you're famous for being famous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so she is eating, she's on a raw meat diet, which, you know, see our whole, uh, um, you know, we, I think we've talked about raw meat diets on risking or not. So we'll link to that, but she, Don, she is eating and I'm going to link to the Forbes article where I learned a lot about this. Oh yes. Wait, the, this is, this is the, uh, the Forbes article, by um, uh, a writer, journalist, professor, systems modeler, computational and digital health expert, avocado eater, and entrepreneur, not always in that order, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. Yes, Bruce, <laughs> Bruce Lee, not that Bruce Not the karate Lee. one. Yeah. Uh, yep, that's the one. This is entitled Heidi Montag. And I don't know if I say it right. Maybe it's Heidi Montag. Heidi Montag is eating raw organ meat for fertility. Here are the dangers. Oof. Yes. Well, thank you. Thank you, uh, Dr. Lee, for, uh, um, you know, uh, taking time away from your avocado eating to, to inform us of these risks. Yes. Thank you for your service. Yes. Yeah. So I want I want you to scroll down a little bit into this article to the page six Instagram or tweet, which has a couple of pictures that I think may, really exemplifies what's happening in, in this entire story. Heidi Montag snacks on a bison heart as part of her raw meat diet. And she, not only is this like, like it, it's, it's not just people say, oh, she's eating raw organ meat. She has a raw bison heart in a Ziploc bag that has a bunch of juice in it. Well, and she's, yeah. Yeah. That's what people, people want to know. Like what, what, why is that juice there? And why is it that color? Oof. Yeah. So, 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 (laughs) so here we go. Um, stay calm. I think they responded to this saying, um, reject modern modernity, embrace tradition. Um, yeah. So, so people are all, they're all in on this. Anyway, we got tagged in this a million times, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Don, can you tell me? Like, I mean, the obvious risks are here. This isn't risky or not. We're gonna go, not going to go into it. But 
but why why do people do this like like why why what what is the what is out there in the world of fertility that says this is the thing that you should do and and you know we we certainly can debate the risk risk trade off of eating this i i certainly think it's a it's a bad idea um, I, let, let's, let me, let me, let me tell you, what, yeah, let me, let me lay out when I think about this, what I think about. Okay. So the first thing I think about is a meat centric diet. And I know we we've talked about our various eating habits on the podcast. And I know that you are in a diet right now, I believe where you are, I don't know if you're eating more meat, but you're eating less gluten. I am. Yes. So that's a thing. Um, My first foray into the world of podcasting was to talk to uh, five by five um, founder, Dan Benjamin, who is a confirmed, um, what is it that he, uh, the Neanderthal? No. Caveman? No. Um, what's his, what's his, his diet? Um, uh, what's it called? Damn it. I'm blanking on this, but anyway, the Atkins uh, diet? At, no, not Atkins, but although I have done Atkins, no, what's the, Oh, a pa- paleolithic. Paleo, Dan, yeah, Dan, Dan paleo. follows a paleo diet, caveman diet, paleo diet. Right. Yeah. And so, and, and I can tell you having, having done Atkins for a number of years, if you reduce the amount of carbohydrates you're eating and you are only allowing yourself uh, fats and proteins, you, you do lose weight. You, you lose weight on Atkins because of ketosis and, and shedding water weight. But for many people, carbohydrates lead to a, uh, like a, like a, a, a binging cycle where you eat and then your blood sugar crashes and you're hungry. So you eat again. Right. And so, so reducing the amount of carbohydrate in your diet does seem to have positive benefits for people. Right. And so the, and so again, sort of keeping, you know, in, on the track of, well, let's have less carbohydrates. Let's eat more natural. Let's eat what they ate in paleolithic paleolithic times, maybe even before they discovered fire. Um, they, they were in good. Uh, they, they, they were in really good shape. They were they were in really good shape uh, because uh, they they died at thirty uh, <laughs> from a saber toothed tiger. Um, oh, which reminds me, um, I, I listened to an a Chapo episode where they talked about La Brea, which sounds like just like the most horrible TV show ever. Speaking of paleolithic times, but anyway, I, I digress. Um, the uh yeah so i think that so the course if you follow this diet trend to its extreme well you're just eating the meat before it's been cooked right um and so and i guess you know you can make the argument well cooking destroys nutrients as food scientists been uh we know that cooking destroys nutrients the problem is is that you know we probably eat we get probably get more than enough nutrients um from our very rich western diets which are full of nutrients um, and so you probably don't need to get a few extra nutrients by uh, not uh, not cooking your your meat. But again, it's the same it's the same thing. It's the same reason why I think people are attracted to raw milk, right? Is well, it's uh, cooking is not natural, and we should eat the food in the way that it was you know it was intended, the way that animals eat food, right? I mean, animals, you know, other animals that are not humans don't don't cook their food, right? And so and and yeah, I mean, there 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 are probably some. Uh, changes and benefits from that. But I, I have to do a risk-risk trade-off here, uh, which most people I think don't do. I would really especially worry 
about following this diet if you were intending to get pregnant because there are and one of the things that dr dr bruce lee not the karate guy mentions in his article is uh parasites right um and 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 parasites could if you ingested them in raw meat could infect uh the fetus and so i yeah there's a lot of reason so i i understand why people are attracted to diet choices like this but there's definitely risks that come with it so that's i'm dumped rant rant off here you go. Yeah. Well, you're, you're going to about to get rant, rant just re recharge here for a second. So, so here's our, so I've, I've now learned a little bit more about what have I've, I've caught the thread on Hottie Montag and how we got here. Okay. So this, uh, the Forbes article links to a people.com article, um, in the people.com article, um, Heidi says, um, that, uh, it's, um, that, where, where is this? I, I've been trying to get pregnant for over a year and a half and I'm willing to try different things. It's a great source of nutrients, exclamation mark. Um, and so she acknowledges that in, from this, that there's always a risk in eating raw, just like eating raw sushi. I happen to like eating sushi style organs. I'd say that those risks are not equatable at all here, right? Like, yes, there is a risk and we can get into that as we talk a little bit more about this. But here's where things get really fun for our conversation. She researched the carnivore diet, noting that Paul Saladino, MD, particularly sparked her interest. Dawn on your follow along at home board. Just we're going to come to Paul Saladino, MD, in a minute here. Um, I've been trying to get pregnant for over a year and a half. I'm willing to try different things. It's a great source of nutrients. It felt incredible on this diet. A lot more energy, clarity, increased libido, and overall improvement on chronic pain I've had. I've also been taking the supplements called Her Package from Heart and Soil that have improved my menstrual cycle. Okay, uh, Don, um, we're getting, we're, we're, I think you're, you're going to love where this goes next. And I couldn't have predicted this. So please turn to your super secret text channel and please click on uh, carnivoremd.com, which is Dr. Paul Saladino's um, website. And, and please tell me if you recognize, if you click on that link, um, recognize who Dr. Saladino is uh, speaking with. Do you, do you know who that is, Don? I, I, I recognize, I, I see the, the picture of the very ripped Dr. Saladino on oh. the page. What am I, what am I looking for? Do you see for? at the top in the, if you scroll up, Oh, attain radical health strength and vitality and it, it looks like he's talking to a podcaster across oh the table. is it joe rogan oh yeah oh yeah okay well there you go so okay so <laughs> that checks so, out okay so we're here we're now now you know where we are right um also we're in the rog- rogan zone we're in the rogan uh, rogan land we're uh, in rogan yeah the rogan's fear so, so heart and soul, it's funny that, that you mentioned that, um, or that I meant, not you, Don, funny, funny, funny that Heidi mentioned specifically in the people.com article about heart and soul. Did you know that, that man, Paul Saladino, that's, he sells that on his website. So now we're at a, someone who goes on Joe Rogan and sells things. Um, so eating well-raised animal foods from nose to tail provides us with all the vitamins, minerals, Peptides, Don. Have you checked your peptides lately? Um, and nutrients pretty we need sure, to thrive. Pre- pretty sure I get my peptides in my proteins, Ben. I, I, it's been a while since I've taken a biochemistry class, but I'm sure I'm pretty sure 
I'm pretty sure that proteins are made of peptides. So if you are eating proteins, you are eating not only peptides, Ben, eventually uh, you're eating amino acids, uh, which is what the uh, peptides turn into when we digest them. So, so I mean, Don, you're getting the building blocks of life right there. <laughs> um, okay, so, so then just, I want you to click on heart and soul because again, this is the rabbit trail we're at here. Animal foods nourish your body the most. You can get every vitamin, minimal, mineral, peptide, protein, and growth factor that your body needs to thrive by consuming animals nose to tail. Talk about living your best life. Good for you and the planet. Um, so, and here's where I think it gets even more fun. Scroll down to recommended by experts. There's another practicing doctor who recommends this. Dr. Merkula. Do you know about this guy? I do not. Oh, he's a practicing doctor. He hasn't got it right yet, I guess. He's a practicing doctor. So this guy is a guy who our friend Michael Bazzacco loves. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. He he's you know, it's really um, suggests for you to take control of your life. Um, and, and you might know him from his website. Oh, well, so if you, if you Google, um, if I Google, uh, Dr. McCullough practicing doctor, um, you know, what the, the top hit is, um, New York times headline, the most influential spreader of coronavirus misinformation. Yep. <laughs> this is, a oh guy. boy, he's, he's, a, a what, what are the, uh, he's profiteering, let, let's say, um, yeah. latest news, Don. Nine in 10 COVID deaths are vaccinated people. Latest news, massive conflicts of interest uh, at NIH. Um, here's a censored library exclusive, which I'm not going to be able to, to get it. Oh, no, I, I, yeah, it's a story at the glance, but you're going to have to pay for this private membership. Simple but powerful ways to boost your athletic performance. I, I bet, Don, that, that maybe things that he sells would be referenced in that censored library. And I don't know if you know this, but free speech is fleeting. Um, you only, I only have 47 hours, 59 minutes and 40 now 41 seconds um, before I have to enter my email address or something um, because the daily articles will only be available for 48 hours before they disappear. So I, I really, I just, I really want, I just, I'm, I'm Ben that the clock is ticking. Um, it's making me very nervous. I'm going to miss out on, um, I wonder, I, I like to watch these countdown things to see how long they go. So anyway, I'll, I'll keep you updated on, on well, how, how quick, quickly my free speech will be gone. Oh, well, please, please do. Because I, I would like to point you again. I have, I have just gone on a, on a click adventure here today. Um, <laughs> because if you go through Dr. Merkula's website, you find that he sells things, which, um, you know, what, uh, uh, count me surprised if I could put a GIF in here. Uh, you know, whoa, I can't see this. You know, he sells some uh, balsamic vinegar. Huh. Soul Spring okay. <clears throat> registered, biodynamic registered balsamic vinegar of Modena. Okay. Uh -huh. It uses only top quality Italian grapes grown on cultivated family-owned farms, employs a regenerative biodynamic farming practice in the Italian province of Modena is produced using the traditional quote, open sky and direct fire methods <laughs> to maximize its full bodied flavor. 
He's in the he's in the food world. And it's only it can be yours, Don. Uh just one bottle uh can be yours for um $17.97. And that's saving 20, 20%. Wow. You can get some I, you know, here, Can right? you really put a price? Can you really put a price on open sky and direct fire? I don't think so. I don't know <laughs> what is even going on here. Uh, Don, this this led me to the Soul Spring organic tomato paste. Um, produced from fresh tomatoes grown on a small biodynamic farm in northern think, Italy's majestic I, Po Valley. I think we might need an intervention, Ben. I, I think oh. you're, you've, you've gone too far down the rabbit hole. This all came from my desire to know more about bison heart consumption. <laughs> it, but this, like, this is it, right? Like, this is, uh, um, there was a, I think it was a rep- Oh, what was, I'll have to find, I, I know I talked about a podcast a while ago that I read that I really, or read, that's what we do with the podcast. Um, there, there was a podcast I listened to on like a, a snake, snake oil salesman back a hundred years ago or so, who I think did like took goat testicles and implanted them in, in humans to, to give them goat fertility. Do you, do you remember talking about this? This seems like no, something that you would I'm not blind, forget. Block this out. <laughs> goat, goat testicles. Uh, let me find this. Okay. Um, yeah, here we go. Steve, Steve Jessup. Oh, no, that's a different. No, this is not the right guy. Um, goat text, testicle. There it is. It was a reply all, which I think is problematic now. This is before mm-hmm. they became problematic man of the people here's an episode that i would like for the for homework you to listen to um and i say this in because the homework that i said i was going to do i did not do in time for today so for next episode um listen to this from from the the folks at gimlet media man of the people um and uh this this is about um the brinkley mansion okay and uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Pete, where is it? Uh, Got to go scroll down here. Um, starts with a young doctor, John Brinkley. And this, this guy found that not only could he operate um, the, we'll find the, the Wikipedia uh, a uh, thing on, on this. So this guy became a, a doctor. He r- ran for Kansas governor. He set up, um, a, he sold a lot of things on a radio show, Don, mm. uh, back a uh, hundred years ago. Uh, um, and, and in fact, that is part of this entire story. Like he became just famous for selling things and then had to set up a radio tower because the, uh, the, the FCC banned him. And so he set up a radio tower in Mexico so he could broadcast his radio all throughout the, the Midwest to sell his, his snake oil, to sell his, his Buffalo heart peptides. And, and anyway, I'm fascinated by this world that we've lived in for a hundred years where this stuff keeps happening. And now we've got people that are eating raw organ meat because they're on the Joe Rogan show. I'm sorry. I might've had a, I might've, I might've run out of click steam here, but, but hopefully people can still follow the thread on what I'm talking about. Yeah. Wow. This is a lot of, uh, this is a whole lot of misinformation here, Ben. Yeah. 
there's a lot of misinformation and people are thirsting for it. And why, mm-hmm. why, like, and this is, I, I mean, um, I, you know, I, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast, but I've definitely shared, we, you know, when we were trying to have kids there, we, we had a, um, you know, Danny had a miscarriage early on in mm-hmm. one of, um, in, in, uh, uh, in her pregnancy before we had Jack and I, I empathize and I get this like individuals and families who have trouble having children looking for all the trying, trying to sort of follow all the paths on how to have kids, right? Like it's such a hard, such a hard thing. And I, I feel just terrible for the, I don't know, the, the hucksters that are out there to like buy these pills on my website for $30. And this is going to increase your fertility. And, and it, and it leads to people eating Buffalo hearts. <sighs> Sorry. Sorry to rant. So I, you no, said I, your rant I, was over, but I'm ranting I, away. I love on Wikipedia, John R. Brinkley, uh, occupation, radio pioneer, comma, charlatan. <laughs> yeah. Charlatan. That's the word I'm looking for. He was an American quack. <laughs> it says it right in his, um, in his uh, Wikipedia. Wikipedia page. Uh a no properly accredited education a physician and bought his medical degree from a diploma mill. He became known as the goat gland doctor. Yeah. I'm fascinated by these stories. I'm also saddened by it. And I'm also, I know we're never going to get away from it. Right. Like, like it's all, it's all, it's, we, we've lived it and we continue to, to live it in the midst of a, a, a an ongoing pandemic. Yeah. And it's really, it's, to me, it's fascinating to think about like that, you know, we had like, like this guy was, uh, was, a you know, a quack in the early 1900s, early to mid 1900s. And, uh, we still have quacks. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Like people, people like people want this stuff, right. People yeah. are, you know, really interested in, you know, quick and easy solutions to hard problems. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, the, and and sometimes it spills over into the, our world of food safety, right? <laughs> oh, and, yeah, absolutely. And, and what I'm really interested in is how many, like Heidi Montag is is certainly an influencer in all the meanings of the name, social media and otherwise. And and how many people are going to start eating raw buffalo heart and and then buying, um, you know, carnivore dot md or whatever heart and soil mm-hmm. all the things you can buy because because it's difficult going through things in life and you're looking for for ways to to get you know to get past it in infertility infertility and stuff so <sighs> i'm saddened don i'm sorry to bring us down don't let it bring oh, down no. as, as uh, neil young says <laughs> it's only castles burning it's only castles burning uh so okay so I want to I want to switch to something else that I think is really like also pertinent, um, and this one this one involves me a little bit. Um, not, not I'm not eating uh, any any cow heart uh, or or bison heart, but I did do um, an interview with someone who I've known for a long time from Politico, um, but I've known her pre Politico. Her name is Helena uh, Botmiller Evich. And she used to write for, she's a, she's, she's a food, she's on the food beat. 
She's mm-hmm. a senior food writer at food and agriculture reporter at Politico, but she used to write for food safety news. And you've probably been interviewed by her. Um, yeah, you, yeah. You probably know I, there's, her. yeah. I mean, there's, I, there's not a lot of reporters I, whose names I recognize, but she's absolutely one of them. Yeah. She's yeah. And, ones, and so she, um, she reached out to me earlier this week or late last week. I don't know when it was um, about something that she was doing was sort of writing a first person article um, about um, for like, there's a political Politico um, newsletter called Politico Nightly. And um, so, so she reached out from, reached out to me about um, uh, things that she's experiencing as like uh, in covering this infant formula linked outbreak. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And and so anyway, one thing that she brought up and I wanted to talk to you about, because I know we talk about this quite a bit, is that she, as she investigated this, this outbreak, one of the things, and we talked about this in the last episode, but one of the challenges is um, Chronobacter sakazakii is non, it's not on the no, notifiable list, CDC's right. notifiable list. It's not reportable in, in like 49 states, but it is reportable in, in Minnesota. And there, there appears to be a lot of um, a lot of kids that are sick, and whether it's linked to this outbreak or not is is like to be determined. But there's a lot of people that are self-reporting illnesses on TikTok around, you know, mm-hmm. uh, eating Similac or feeding Similac to their to their kids. And so anyway, Helena reached out to me and she said, "I know you wrote an article on this." a while ago about, you know, social media tools. Is this something like, are people looking at TikTok from an epidemiological standpoint? And, and so we talked about it. My, my quick answer is I don't think, I don't think they are like, I don't think right. the world of public health is, but there's something there, right? Like right. we, we probably should be, it's hard to find this actual article, Don. Um, wait, let me see if I can find it. Um, Oh, there it is. Uh, I got a link to to link to because it's when you link to the Politico newsletter, it just takes you to the scroll of it. But anyway, she she wrote right. an article using TikTok to keep your food safe, really, and um and and so I, I I thought it was I thought it was an interesting take on this, and I think what I told her when I talked to her was that this outbreak probably has more utility in social media more than others because of the lack of notifiable reportable illness, right? Like, like some of the only ways that we might know about illnesses linked to this would be from people self-reporting in social media. The challenge is the signal to noise ratio and filtering that we've talked about as it relates to was uh, poison.com and other, other projects. Right. And, right. and yeah. So, so anyway, I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts um, around this? Well, I think it's I think it's interesting. Um, I, 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 you know, we need we need better tools to help uh, epidemiologists look on social media. Uh, it, you know, it, it, it is an area that we it, it comes up often on this podcast and it has been coming up for a while, but I don't know if anybody has really done a, a good job of, of doing it. Um, and yeah, and this is a, it's, this is a really unfortunate outbreak. Um, yeah. I mean, we just, we need, we need better, we need better tools. I don't think, I don't think this is even like most of the research funding that you and I get um, from 
um, you know, to, to do the work that we do comes from USDA. And I don't know if something this cutting edge is really even on their radar, right? It would be the kind of thing where we'd have to kind of do it on a shoestring or I, I don't know who would, I don't know who would fund it, right? Like if we wanted to go out and, and build a tool that scraped, um, you know, Twitter and TikTok for uh, food safety related stuff, and, and be able, was able to track. I mean, it's, I think, didn't you guys on barf blog, didn't you do some stuff with, with tracking keywords in the, in the, the, the print media, right? We did. We could, yeah. 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 There's, there's some of that, there's, there's some of that out there. Um, and I think, so I'm, and we talked about this when we had uh, Larry Goodrich on a couple episodes ago, um, Larry and I are working on a project that looking at matching wastewater signals with social media signals from a, mm. Um, from a food, food, well, from a food safety and public health standpoint. And, and I think that that's, you know, that was the message that I had told Helena here was that on its own, and this is, you know, Patrick Quaid and I have talked about this and Patrick's been really, you know, really forthright on this on its own. There's, there's something about the signal that's, that's good, but it, 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 it scratches the surface and tells you, you should look more right. Right. You, you, it, it is a, it's a, it's a great there's a potential for early, um, an early signal. There's a potential to, to look at big data and use uh, AI and machine learning around these, um, these data sets to see if there's a real signal that's, that's out there. There's a potential for it. I still think people haven't figured out exactly how to use it. And, and I think that the public health authorities, you know, not to, not to, project what I think that what, what their um, thoughts for avoiding it is, but I think that they feel that it's not, it doesn't do the same thing as epidemiology does. And no one's saying that, right? Like it's another tool. It's another supplemental tool that could help epidemiology move forward, especially in the foodborne world or, or in, in somewhere where, where people have acute symptoms. Um, but, but I just, I thought it was this current outbreak is a unique case study for this because you don't have the reported illnesses that are going to come through the normal channels. Um, because, and, because coronavirus is not a reportable disease. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and so, um, you know, uh, Helena writes, I think really nicely, she talks about sort of the the outbreak. And she said, TikTok of all things sent me over the edge. I had seen someone mention on Twitter that they'd noticed moms talking about formula and sick kids on TikTok. Within seconds of searching Similac, I came across several videos and photo montages of babies in the hospital hooked up to monitors, IVs, and all manners of tubes. Even one was getting a spinal tap, something that can help diagnose serious infections. And this is a quote from one of the TikTok videos. I'll never trust another formula again, wrote one mom on mm. top of a video of a baby in a hospital crib. The mom added a bunch of hashtags to drive the point home. Hashtag Simlac, hashtag screw you, hashtag pissed. Um, you know, my queen is sick, hashtag Simlac recall, wrote another mom. And so here's the challenge, right? Are these illnesses linked to Simlac to be determined? Or, or maybe we'll never know. But the public narrative is, at least on TikTok, that these ones are. Um, and so, so anyway, I'll, I'll share this. I don't, I don't have any information, but I did get, um, you know, the, the folks that, um, that make Simulac, uh, Abbott labs reached out to me and said, this is a complicated outbreak and we have more information that we'd like to share with lots of people around this. So, so I, you know, I, I, 
I, I might have more information to share in our next episode. That's all the info I have right now right. on this. So, so, and I'm, I appreciate that, that they're reaching out to people to talk about this. I don't know. I don't know more about, about the outbreak than, than what's, what's out there right now. Everything I know I've gleaned from public conversation, what FDA is released and what CDC is released. Um, but, but you want, like, you, you wonder if this is a perfect storm of illnesses linked to infants who have no other food source and social media all coming together to drive the conversation on this. And you wonder if this, I wonder if this will drive the, this pathogen to be a notifiable pathogen, right? Like why, why, why not? I, I, I don't really have a well, good answer I for that. Yeah, I sure hope so. But unfortunately, and again, I don't know enough about this, but my guess is that it's like, I think that each state would have to decide to do it on their own, right? Yes. I, don't, I, I mean, maybe this is a good, this would be a good Marler question. Um, like there is there is there a way to federally make this a notifiable disease, right? I, I'm not sure that there is. Well, there but are, I, but I don't know, right? Yeah. So there are, um, it's interesting. So the difference between reportable and notifiable, I think matters oh, here. Oh, okay. Right. All right. So, so there is a CDC hosts a national notifiable disease um, surveillance system. These are, uh, yeah, we'll link to this in show notes. National notifiable disease list provides comprehensive reporting of diseases that occur in the CDC the list is compiled through collaborative efforts among state health departments and the CDC. And I think that what you're talking about is the collaborative effort means it's got to be reportable within the state, which is under state control, to then be elevated to this notifiable disease list. That's what I would understand here. Okay. So, so on this list include cholera, cryptosporidiosis, Cyclosporosis, cyclosporiasis, giardia, hepatitis A, legionellosis. Yeah, but the website I found, I I found we you and I jumped to the same website. But these are nationally notifiable diseases that are water related or waterborne, right? Are there similar ones for food? I I don't know. I don't know. Um, cause like things that are not on here are the things that we would expect to see in food, like Campylobacter, Listeria, Shigatoxin producing E. coli, right? Shig oh, sorry. Shigella is on here. Um, and Salmonella is on here, but, but yeah, can't be in, in Salmonella and Listeria or not, or can't, and not Salmonella, Shigatoxin producing E. coli. So yeah, I don't, I don't know the, the ins and outs of this. Um, so, so anyway, one, yeah, so, yeah, so I'm now I'm looking at the national notifiable diseases surveillance system, but all right. And that is uh, nationally notifiable. Yeah. It's, uh, oh, it's, it's complicated, Ben. Uh, Cause I'm now I'm on, I'm on the, yeah, we need, we need a CDC person to come on and explain CDC to us. Cause again, this is another agency where I used to think it was pretty simple. And then the more I learned, the more I realized like, wait, you two people who I think are doing the same thing, you work in completely different parts of CDC. Um, right. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. Speaking of which, yeah. Are we, are we good to leave uh, the world of infant formula? Sure. Okay. Cause, cause we're, 
because I want to highlight a social media conversation that you started. Okay. Well, that, that Michelle Danilux started that I think was probably oh. the greatest thread of a Friday night. I like, I like my, my Twitter on Friday nights, Don. <laughs> Do you like your, your Friday night Twitter? Maybe a glass I mean, of wine or two. Friday and... night Twitter with a glass of wine and see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so friend of the friend of the show, Michelle, who is banned, but has been unbanned from listening to this show and our other show, um, sent us a, a, a text of a screenshot of a, um, a, a, a paper authorship page uh, for a paper entitled the use of whole genome sequencing by the federal interagency collaboration for genomics for food and feed safety in the United States. And this has, uh, did you count it up? How many there are? There are multiple authors and I'm not just talking. Michelle, M- Michelle put it in the text, right? Didn't she? 45. I think she said, right. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know if that I was an actual I didn't check text. her math. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. 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 So 45 authors. And so, so, so you, you, we sent it out there and we know, we knew a couple of the authors. So we tagged it. And then the CDC, our CDC friends got very, their backs got up, Dawn. Um, the, the, there was some official like language that came back to us. So you wrote um, to at Jason Folser, inquiring minds want to know why does this paper have so many co-authors? Did either of you actually do any work on this? And also you tagged um, Michael Bazzacco. Kevin Allen, our friend, said, "Is this an astrophysics paper? That's a lot of authors." Um, I, you know, I chimed in. Um, you know, Jay, people, people like wanted to comment on this multi-agency government clearance. At its, uh, um, at that, um, two words: government clearance. This isn't some hippie academic yeah, setting. Um, there's a lot of shade being thrown by yeah. people. And I, yeah, I, I think I, I, I honestly, I think our our friends took this in good. Uh, my my sense is people were not really angry. They were just sort of like, yeah, but you know, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think. I, I mean, the way that I'm reading Jason and Michael's comments are like, no, this is just our lives, guys. I mean, don't you know? I mean, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think we made anybody angry. I think no, you know, but everybody was was sort of having fun with it. But I'm going to call out Michael Bazzacco's tweet because I love Michael Bazzacco and I love to, uh, I, I just love to, to like poke at him because um, mm-hmm. he's, 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 he's one of my, one of my closest friends and I, I will take this opportunity to do this. He wrote, I was quite involved with the with writing specific sections of this paper and it was a mega effort. It's a, it's quite a comprehensive manuscript. As Jason mentioned, it addresses a lot of cogs, applications of the tools and groups and <laughs> which is great. Like that was a good official response. And then Amy Kirby, who's also at CDC, said, um, notice that Jason Foster did not answer the second question about how much he contributed. And uh, and Jason uh, jumped back in and said, whose side are you on, Kirby? <laughs> uh, and, and I will end on this. Jason Foster's um, final tweet on, the, on, on this was, don't worry, folks. This work will be properly tweeted by our agencies and get the proper respect it deserves from the scientific community that it's not getting from this motley group of troublemakers, um, which I, I yeah, thought that was a will, fun. It will be properly tweeted once we uh, vet the uh, vet the language of the tweet, and it should be any any month now that will official tweet will be coming out. So it's, yeah, right, right. It's on the spreadsheet of new tweets coming soon. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, it was good. Good. I you know what Twitter and. Um, Social media in general allows us to to engage with our friends on this. And I'm just glad everybody jumped in while I, I was having a Friday evening bourbon and you were having a Friday evening glass of wine. And we just had a little fun on science, food safety, Twitter for, for an, an hour or so. 
It was good. Um, yeah. So, so we talked about infant formula. I wanted to talk about this Buffalo heart. What do you, what else? Um, what, what did you, what, what, did, what do you want to talk about, Don? This is your um, podcast. This one's your show. <laughs> a couple, a couple of things. I'm working on a thing now. Um, I've really gotten, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm real. I'm really. I've been working on a thing that I can't really talk about. That's been really interesting. Looking at the statistics, and it's going to sound boring as hell, but the statistics of sampling. And so, a, a mutual friend of ours, and another a mutual friend of ours from academia, and another mutual friend from industry, brought me on board for a project where they are um, looking at some different methods for enumerating um, viruses in, in a certain class of foods and, and asking the question, can you use risk assessment or can you use statistics to evaluate the effectiveness of these sampling plans? And, and my answer is, oh, oh boy, sure I can, right? And I got started, actually two, two friends of ours from industry. Um, and so I got started doing this and I spent some time working on it and I sent it back and I got some feedback and I've been working on it again. And it's just, it's just been a, a lot of fun to, to basically do a deep dive on the statistics of all of this. Um, and then the latest thing I've been working on is, okay, so now we have these different sampling methodologies where we're different sensitivities and specificities and different techniques. And then, and then, okay, now what would, what would the actual the burden of disease be coming hmm. from these, these products. And so did some deep diving, deep diving to get some dose response curves. And, you know, we spelled out the, the number of virus particles in these foods and then, okay, let's look at the serving size and let's calculate the number of illnesses. And it basically it, it confirms what we, we generally know, which is that sampling is a lousy way of preventing foodborne disease, but it turns out when you have high levels of pathogens that are present uniformly throughout a batch, um, you're going to, your sampling techniques are going to do a pretty good job of finding that. But on the other hand, when you have less virus there, or it's only present sporadically in, in, you know, different chunks or clumps of the food or, or sections of the food, it's a lot harder to detect um, statistically. So that's just been a lot of fun to work on that over the weekend because the, the tools, the tools that I thought I was going to use, I couldn't use because of some issues with the new Mac Silicon. I was going to do it huh. in at risk uh, and at risk, I have to run windows to do it, but at risk is apparently doing some stuff in windows where it expects that deep down close to the metal, as, as John Syracuse would say, um, it expects there to be a, an Intel CPU and uh, the, the app just crashes. And so I've been using a couple of other different apps. And then lately, just doing just sort of simple, straightforward algebra and, and math, um, not even doing simulation stuff just to calculate, you know, uh, point estimates. Anyway, it's been, it's been, I, I, I realize I'm not really selling it, um, but it's been, but it's been really, it's been really fun to do because I'm, I'm doing good work. that's going to help somebody out. And I'm also kind of stretching my own um, abilities to do this. And so uh, it's just something that I, I, and again, it's one of these things where like, 
there's not too many. And again, I was their second choice, right? The person that they wanted to do it um, was busy. So I got to be the second choice and, and, and do it. And I'm always happy to be somebody's uh, second choice. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's, that's been a lot of fun to work on. That's been consuming a lot of my, my brain power recently. So what, what do you think the output's going to look like? for, for this and without, you know, going into the stuff well, that you can't talk about, but what is, yeah, yeah how does, well, how does someone a, use it's it? A, it's a report. Um, it's going to be a, about a 10 page or so, uh, word document that I'm going to send to my colleagues, but they are working on a larger article and this may be an appendix or a section of that, of that larger article. So that's, that's how, and, and hopefully it is going to, I don't think they're going to be, I mean, I hate to be negative about this. I think the agency that they're, that this is intended to sway is pretty well dug in on this, on this. And so I don't think that this is going to motivate the agency to change, but um, you can't win if you don't play. Right. So um I mean, the, and the, you know, again, the, in, this industry is again, t- t- you know, we're uh, straight shooters, Ben. We're respected by both sides, um, but I think in this case, the industry feels very put upon by the regulatory agency. And I, I love, I love helping when industry is is put upon by the regulatory agency. I love being able to use science to kind of steer a course through that, right? I mean, I'm all in favor of public health and and food safety, uh, as is everybody, right? The industry wants that, the government agencies want that, but sometimes. Um, you just have to ask the question, well, so what's the benefit here, right? And, and are we doing this in a way that has maximal benefit for, for everybody? You know, if there's a way, there's a way to make the food supply safer that doesn't disrupt the supply chains and doesn't cause uh, aggravation on the part of the industry. If, if you could do something and you have two ways of doing it with the same potential benefit, why not do the way that that doesn't piss off the people in the industry, right? Um, and same thing with respect to, to, to regulatory agencies. You've got two ways of doing th- something. Why not do it in the way that doesn't piss off the regulatory agency? Right, right. Yeah, exactly. It's fun, it's fun to be a part of that, right? Yeah. Huh. Well, that's, I mean, that's cool. And, and I think that that's, so I'm, I just sent you um, a, uh, a link um, that I want, like, I think it segues into something that I, I want to kind of mm. talk about with you. Um, Cause it's the same kind of thing. It's that collaborative aspect of working with the agencies on moving things forward. And, and we've talked ad nauseum about the conference for food protection, which we both love on this show, on this website of food safety talk that you're on currently. Um, mm. But so I, I, let me let me set this up and I'll get into my food safety question here. So first of all, did you know that you can't get onions at Costco anymore do, on their hot dogs? I do now. I, okay. I'm reading this. I'm reading this article. Uh, I, I saw a guy put them on his pizza once. And then there was a legend of a dude who filled his whole drinking cup with diced onions and took them home to cook with. Right. Like, so <laughs> apparently, this. yeah, you could get um, Simon Holland, who I don't know who he is exactly, but I do follow him on Twitter, said the pandemic won't be over until Costco puts onions back out for the hot dogs. Um, so, yeah, everything. Anyway, the story, though, and what I want to highlight to you is the food safety aspect of this. <laughs> Sorry, I, I am now following uh, Simon Holland on Twitter. His Twitter bio reads, my wife bought low sodium bacon. And now I know what it means when someone says they love you, but they aren't in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> See, he's a funny guy. Uh, he's a good guy. I like yeah. yeah. Um, Okay, so, so about... Uh, a third of the way through the um, through the article, Don, you'll see a picture of uh, someone's tweet from Nelly Belly eighty seven, 
Um, and right underneath that is the paragraph around food safety that I want to talk about. Because <laughs> this is what, mm-hmm. what caught my eye. Bridget Joseph, a private chef and food safety specialist, says onions should be stored chilled, maintained at 41 degrees Fahrenheit or cooler to prevent spoiling. Quote, and so, you know, put a pin in prevent spoiling, right? Quote, cut or chopped onions being left out in ambient room temperatures for a long time is definitely a food safety hazard as it is more susceptible to bacteria and pathogens growing, says Joseph. Serving cut onions, vegetables, or any food with higher water content where time and temperature should be used as a control measure would also attract the need for more employee involvement and management of time and temperature record keeping for public health. So maybe staffing issues, which are plaguing the entire industry, thanks to COVID also have part to play. Perhaps due to COVID, not as many people are going to Costco as a family outing resulting in decline in hot dog sales at the food court, Joseph adds, or it could be that they simply don't wanna spend the extra money to give free onions anymore, but I don't wanna speculate or accuse. Um, so um, the, the next paragraph, Joseph says the most likely reason for onions disappearance may be food contamination risk. Prior to pandemic, though Costco store, stored their onions at room temperature, the onions probably had such a high turnover they replenished it quickly. Or if the pandemic supply chain issues have slowed Costco, um, it could be related to a salmonella outbreak. Anyway, there's a lot of like guessing on why there aren't why, why there's not onions. But I want to talk about uh, what what's being alluded to here is that onions are in our world. TCS food, right? Like there's even the wording that Bridget uses here, who I, whom I don't know, time or, you know, high water content where time or temperature should be used as a control measure for safety, right? Like that's where TCS comes from. So the thing is they don't qualify as a TCS food. And we've talked about this as it relates to other foods like avocado, um, cucumber. I think you have some data that you've, you've generated around growth of pathogens in cucumbers, right? Um, should we, meaning you and I, you know, cause we, we got stuff that we, we don't have enough stuff to do, but sometimes we like to change the world. Should we be advocating or even putting together issues that would say that cut onions and cut cucumbers and cut avocados are TCS foods? Like, should we be worried about this in the same way that we are melons and tomatoes? And, and what, like that, so your conversation about engaging with the agency about moving forward with, with the modeling or the, like the, the looking at stats and and growth and risk, or, or at least stats of growth and exposure made me think about this. Like, do we have, should we be talking about this more? Should Should we be doing something? You know what I'm asking? Yeah, I, I know absolutely what you're asking. And in my mind, okay, any chopped produce item is a TCS food until proven otherwise. That's my opinion, right? Yes. I don't I don't know what the food code says. If the food code doesn't say that, we should change it so that it does say that, right? So, and so, yes, we've done work on, on cucumbers. I just put a, in a text message to you some work that uh, has um, um, my name on the author list uh, that was led by uh, Linda Harris. Michelle Daniluk is also a co-author on this, uh, but it was a, um, uh, Linda's student's 
uh, Vanessa and Irene that actually did the work, students and or technicians that actually did the work. And guess what, Ben, if you chop up onions and you inoculate them with salmonella uh, and E. coli 15787 and you hold them under ambient conditions, the organisms will grow. They, they won't grow on dry onions. I don't think intact whole produce uh, is a... Uh, uh, TCS food again until proven otherwise, but I think any chopped produce is a TCS food. And if that's if that's not what the food code says, we should change that for sure. I mean, I think I think people know this, right? I, I think if you at, went out and asked food safety experts what is a TCS food, they could tell you, and they would put these in the right bucket. But if it's but again, this is the problem with the code is that it is. You, you, you always want the code, you want the code to be as simple as possible and you want the code to be as accurate as possible. And those two things are in direct contradiction to each other, right? Almost yeah. always. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the food, sh the, the code should not call out TCS foods by name. That's a, that's a recipe for disaster, right? What it should talk about is, you know, um, I think you can talk about cut or chopped fresh produce. Right. And, and so right? th this is exactly what it does though, Don. Like, so I'm going to read from page 22 of the 2017 food code, time temperature control for safety food, which was formerly known as potentially hazardous food PHF, which is another episode that we have talked about the, you know, the, the work that you did with a committee at IFT to, um, right. to change that. But time temperature control for safety food means a food that requires Time temperature control for safety to limit pathogen, microorganism, growth, or toxin formation. Check. Number two, it includes an animal food that is raw or heat treated. Okay. Got that. A plant food that is heat treated or consists of, and this is where we start calling stuff out, raw seed sprouts, cut melons, cut leafy greens, cut tomatoes, or mixtures of cut tomatoes that are not modified in a way that they are unable to support pathogenic microorganism growth or toxin formation or garlic and oil mixtures that are not modified in a way that they're unable to support pathogenic microorganism growth or toxin formation. And then, and, and then it gives a couple of tables to calculate other foods on water activity and pH. And so this is like, this is a challenge because well, I agree with you. I, I think we, we need to start thinking about raw onions and what, like when I read that article, I was like, yeah, the, the, the way that the rule reads right now, raw onions that are diced that are at Costco or elsewhere, not at Costco right now because of whatever, but in other places, hot dog carts, right? Those are not regulated as TCS foods. And so those, those onions could be on a hot dog cart sitting there for indefinitely, right? Like, and right, if there right. were, but, but, but if we required people to use time as a public health control, which is probably how someone would, would manage it. It's like, Hey, let's put four hours at this or, or what, you know, whatever that we want to do that's, that's based on, on signs. But I, I, I feel like, and this is where I think we would get a lot of pushback if we did this. Um, I think that the industry does not want to add things to this list. No, right? we, we shouldn't be adding things to the list. We should get rid of the list. Well, right? but we should get rid of the list. But I think what you're doing, well, not what you're, what you're doing, Don, what I, I, I agree with is actually adding things to the list that says, if it is a cut, no. if it is a cut pro, 
cut produce, it should be a TCS food. It, it broadens yes. it, right? Like right now. It broadens it, right. It, right. Yeah. So, so it kind yeah. of like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it, adding it, it, to what it, needs to be well, managed, it, but not adding to the it, list. It shortens, it will, it will, it yes. will remove words from the code, <laughs> but it will True. broaden the definition, right? Yeah. And, and right. I think it's the right thing to do for food safety, but how we got here it plays into the story, right? Like, yeah, well, and I, 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 and again, the way the code is, I'm looking at this section of the code um, and it's got, it's just horrible the way it's, cause it's got paragraph A and then it's got paragraph B, except as specified in sub paragraph 3D. Yeah. Now you have to skip down well, and say 3D. I mean, oof, man. table B is what really matters for us here. Right. Like, I think if we looked at table B and this is entitled interaction of pH and water activity for control of vegetative cells and spores in food, not heat treated or heat treated, but not packaged. I think you're going to find that, that the, you need a product assessment on all cut fruits and vegetables. Right. So, but why, but, but yeah, I, I don't think it's helpful to say a plant food that is heat treated or consists of, well, and and the, don't even get me started on sprouts, right? Right. I be, I believe sprout sprouts are not a TCS food because sprouts are loaded with microorganisms, and if you put pathogens, and I got this paper that I need to publish, which is years old now, where we put pathogens into sprouted, fully developed sprouts, and guess what? They don't grow. Right. The, the problem with sprouts is if you have pathogens on the seeds, you're, there's no way to make sprouts without increasing the pathogen concentration on the seeds. Right. So let's set sprouts aside because that's a separate issue. Right. But why why consists of, well, a, pl a plant food that is raw or heat treated and has been chopped or cut, period. Right. And just, right. just leave it there. Yeah. Well, but I Leave think it, it changes, there, I think right? it changes the world of like olive bars and it changes well, the world. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't change the world, Ben, because the pathogens are going to do what they're going to yeah, do yeah. in onions, no matter what the code says, it changes what we have to do about it. That's but, yes. But not, but not in a practical sense, because you should have already been doing something about it. Right, right. Right. Well, but yes, but I think there people are not like the, my, my, like hot dog carts and onions at a, at a baseball game or whatever. Right. Like the, they're being well, held it's out. T, it's, it's a TCS food. So, so, uh, you know, use time as a public time, health control exactly. or yeah. refrigerated. Right. Right. No, I'm, I'm with done, you, but I think yeah. It, yeah, yeah. it is not currently being managed. So I think that right. to be, to change this, I think there is, but, but like, I'd like, so you and I should think about this in between now and December. And this is something yeah. that we might want to do because I would love for us to make the case. This should, we should be doing, if we're going to make this a risk-based document, this needs mm -hmm. to be a risk-based document. And we're not doing that yep. right now. Yep. And that well, you're, and I, yeah. You're, and I you're, think you're, go ahead. No, well, I was going to say in your conversation about what you're doing with, with sampling plans made me think the exact same thing, right? Like let's, let's not lament that what we're doing right now is not risk-based. Let's provide some sort of a, here's how to look at it in a risk-based way. Right. And I think that the, the way that I would write the issue is is quite straightforward. Right. Because it takes that god awful paragraph 2A and, and cuts it in about a third. Right. 
And then the, the public health reasons are we submit Linda's paper on onions. We submit my paper on cucumbers. Um, we, submit, one on we, go, we go to the, we, we yep. go to the literature and we look for all of the research that shows that pathogens in cut produce, that's not melons, leafy greens, tomatoes, or mixtures of cut tomatoes. Right. And then we, it's done. Right. Yep. Because really what we want to do is we want to alert people and then, and then push them to look at the tables. Right. Yep. Yep. That's because that's where the science is in the tables. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, and let's encourage people to use time as a public health control. Right. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, and make that provision, the, the way that that's handled easier for these types of foods. So it doesn't involve a lot of documentation. Okay. So, um, so let's say for the sake of discussion, we want to, this, we, you and I want to, or the podcast wants to write an issue. Yeah. Yeah. A CFP issue. Um, how are we going to do that? Well, like, what are the logistics of it? Like, let's, 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 uh, let's GTD this. Let's yeah, yeah. David oh, Allen this. Yeah, What's okay. the next action? Yeah. So I think the next, <laughs> this is great. So I, I mean, I think that, I think the next action is let's pull together all of the literature that supports that this list should be much larger or not large, sorry, that supports, we shouldn't have a list. We should be looking at this across all cut produce. Okay. So the action in that sentence was let's pull together. Yeah. Let's tell, pull me together that tell me, uh, that's, that's still not a next action, Ben. Tell let, me what that looks like. Lit review, lit search. Okay. Tell me what that looks like. Google uh, the papers. Okay. Uh, there's still something missing from that, Ben. I don't know. I don't know, Don. I'm not. Who? I'm, who? Oh, yeah. Who is yeah. going, who's yeah. going to do this lit yeah. search, Ben? Yes. So, so yes. So yes. <laughs> Who? That's Which not, one of us will be the first well, to break? Here's the, thing, here. here's the thing, Ben. Um, you're a department chair. I'm a very busy distinguished professor. Yeah, we need um, a who. Right. So don't you have don't you have a who there in Whoville? I, 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 um, I, I probably have some who's. I think I, I think I think this might be, you know, you know who I see as a rising star? Um in the world of CFP. I literally see them. I literally see them as a rising star. Yeah. Ellen. Who? Ellen. Ellen. Yeah. I, absolutely. Is Ellen is Ellen overly busy? Is could Ellen be could could Ellen take the next action on this? I, yeah, Ellen absolutely could take the next action. Yeah, we can do this. Okay. I, I mean, in all seriousness, right? Like I will I will take on the next action of modifying the paragraph. Okay. Yeah. Um you will take on the next action of asking Ellen and, and this can, and she can be, and if, again, she can be, um, and, and so full, full disclosure here, I, I'm going to be chairing council three, right. And yeah. so I have to remain neutral, although I can step aside and put um, uh, it in the capable hands of my now newly announced uh, vice chair, uh, Chip Manuel, a former guest on the show and uh, food safety star at Gojo. Um and 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 to, to argue this, but but I think it would be great exposure for Ellen to to be the one that actually submits the issue. I love it. Yes, yes. Okay. Cool. And you're, I have so you're, you're, her. Okay. <laughs> she got her. She got, yes. The message has been sent. Um. Cool. Yeah. I need to I need to get this into my um, and, focus. And what I want, what I what I what I want. <laughs> oh gosh, I almost did it. Um. What I, what I really want is um. You know, I, I have you been part of a issue submission that has been 
Yeah, you have, right? Like, oh yeah, a successful, unsuccessful. Yeah, all, all the all the possibilities. Yeah, um, I I I was really happy a couple of years ago as an output from Noracore. We were able to change um, some of the some of the stuff within the code and within the annex about vomit cleanup. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very um, uh, rewarding to be able to do this, right? Well, like, if we, it's, yeah, it's it's very rewarding when you succeed. I've also yeah. been on, and again, try, try again, right? What we finally got the temperature for hand washing changed, but not, not, but ha having failed at least once in trying to do that, right? And so it's, uh, you know, but you can't win if you don't play. So it's, a, it's, a, it's, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta, it's all in the game, yo. <laughs> right, right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know what? Okay. So now I'm thinking about this. The, the, the other output here is it, if we just put a review paper together of all the, cut leafy, not cut leaf, cut produce um, pathogen growth studies, we could just publish that too, and then point to it. Here are all the references, but here's the paper that also uh, might be might be useful to point to. Okay, now you're talking about another thing, which is called write a lit review, yes, which yes. is way, way harder, way harder. Way harder. But I mean, Alan might could... be interested in that. Oh, oh, uh, well, yeah, okay, yeah, sure, for sure. Yeah. I'm I'm in. I mean I'm in in theory. I you know, but yes. I mean that's. But let's 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 baby let's baby step this right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's uh, let's say if you want to write a lit review, that's good. But we don't have to write. We don't it. have and to. We're not. And yeah. I don't think it'd be hard to get a lit review published before yeah, yeah. CFP. But we could certainly do the. We could certainly be. I mean, certainly the work that we put into doing the issue um, is not is none of that is wasted if we also write a lit review, right? Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. It, but it, it would be a way to account for writing buddies. Oh, for sure. <laughs> uh, even, even this conversation, I think we just, uh, we just <laughs> developed a, a manuscript. I just, I just got, I got 12 minutes right there. So I've, I've got um, confirmation from Ellen. Yes, definitely. And okay, cool. I can set up a time to chat more about it. So there you go. We're on our way. We're, we're, we're doing this. We, okay. so good. We could do this. Okay, good. Cool. Uh, all right. What else? Let's go to the uh, let's go to the trusty uh, podcast. Yeah, I did not do my my homework. We will. In fact, if people wanted to follow along at home for next episode, have you watched the ugly delicious episode yet? That uh, that our friend Hannah asked us to watch. No, I have not. I have not. I, in fact, that's not even on my to-do list. I think I just put it into the the the, fold, the folder. I didn't do any anything to get it actually onto my list. Okay, put it on your list. And it is the, an episode called Kids Menu. And I think it's episode one of season two. Um, I did find it. Uh, and, and I'll we'll, I'll read from uh, from our email uh, from our from our friend Hannah. An economist gives some pretty horrible food safety opinions based on her research to a pregnant woman. Basically, she says there is nothing special about being pregnant when it comes to what you eat. The baby won't be affected. Oof. So we need to watch it and let's talk about Ugly Delicious on Netflix episode uh, uh, Kids Menu. Um. So the show is called Ugly Delicious. Yep. And uh, the the, the uh, episode title is Kids Menu. Okay, got it. Yeah. All right. Don, can I tell you how how quick things are going on this uh, CFP 
uh, issue. <laughs> I, I just need to tell you. Ellen's that. already lit, written the lit review. She's got the lit review. It's been the issue's been submitted. It's been accepted. Congratulations, <laughs> we did it. Uh, no, I have I have a calendar invite from Friday morning uh -oh. at ten o'clock to or eleven uh o'clock -oh. that we're going to talk about it. Cool. So there you go. This is this is good. It's good to have it's good to have rising stars. She's great. Uh, uh, so yeah, I was looking. I don't think we have a we 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 don't have any feedback that's come into the 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 stuff. What else? What else do you want to talk about? Is there anything anything on your list? I've talked about everything that's in the full in the folder. I've talked about. All right. Let me see if there's anything I put in here that I want to talk about. There's something that came from a DM that I don't know of. The risk of hemolytic uremic syndrome after antibiotic treatment from, from John B. Oh, yeah. So how much do you, and I was, actually, I was hoping this would be a good one to talk about with Marler about, but so how much do you know, like I, I've heard this and again, yes. I was just being lazy. I threw this into the, into the, the folder, but that if you if a kid is infected with E. coli 157H7, you should not give them antibiotics. Yeah, well, I mean that's the understanding that I have, but I'm reading the the abstract here, um, so my 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 thought might be changed on this. And I believe the reason is that that the antibiotics leads to more toxin spreading because it lyses okay. cells that I, I believe that was how it okay. was explained to me okay which leads to the increased risk of of hus okay that makes that makes so what you want to do is you want to fight the infection but not with antibiotics yeah that that, that, so that the cells get cleared without lysing yes interesting yeah and that it allows for and again, I'm stepping a little outside of my, my knowledge area, but the way, and I don't even know who explained this to me. Um, but the way that I remember learning about it was that once those cells lice, it's harder to manage the toxins, uh, the, the tox, the, the toxin can move through, through the bloodstream easier. Okay. Because it's not contained in the, at the infection site. But again, I don't know. I mean, I don't know enough about it, but, okay. but this paper, okay. Yeah. That, Does that okay. make sense? Well, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And, and I mean, it's certainly, I mean, the conclusion is antibiotic treatment of children with E. coli 157H7 increases risk of hemolytic uremic syndrome, right? So that, I mean, that's the, that's the, the conclusion of the, that's the conclusion, the literal conclusion in the abstract of the article. So yeah, that makes sense. Well, but, but also it says, um, uh, Estimates of relative risk were adjusted. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. That wasn't. Was the relative risk different? Or was it the same? Yeah. Antibiotic treatment of children with 0157 infection increases the risk of each US. Yeah. yeah okay. Never mind. Yeah. I read that. Yeah. And so, cool. And this is Phil, Phil Tarr. We know him, right? Yeah. 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 I, I know him, I think, from, from, uh, uh, he's uh, uh, from being an editor of AEM. I said, I, I know him, but. Well, and I think I know him. I think I saw him speak at IAFP maybe. It could be. Yeah. But he's an MD. Yeah. I don't know where I know. Him. I, anyway, I know. I definitely know of him. Uh, so, so anyway, no, was I, that, I, I don't, I, 
I know the name. Yeah, I, I think I've, I think he's helped me with AEM reviews. I don't recognize his picture though. Okay. Well, I think I've met him somewhere. Okay. Um, so was your was your question related to this whether I knew about oh. the the antibiotic like treatment? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This so this just came from one of our one of our fans who who DM'd me on Twitter saying, Is this is this is this true? Like what do you know yeah. about this? Um so um yeah, that that was it. I did I, I guess it was it would have I didn't know it was gonna be that short a segment. So um that's all right. Well, yeah, I, I can have this stuff. Yeah, the, the other stuff that's in here is stuff we've already talked about because we've talked about the the restaurant lacing the food with THC on the last yep. show, right? So yep, and then we talked about the sushi, um, also in the last on the last show. So um, on this though, I, I, yeah. um, so early detection and management of foodborne illness symptoms is something that stop foodborne illness is really really interested in. And, um, so like full disclosure, I chair the board of directors for stop foodborne LS stop is a, um, advocacy group, not-for-profit advocacy group for foodborne illness. Um, uh, they refer to them as constituents. It's individuals who have, um, have either recovered from foodborne illness or have lost someone, uh, in their family or friends from foodborne illness. And they represent the, the voices of those who are impacted by foodborne illness. And one thing that I've heard over the last four or five years of being involved in, in STOP on a more regular basis is that many of the, the constituents reported being prescribed antibiotics mm. that, that were affected by sugar toxin producing E. coli. And then that made, um, that made the problem worse. So trying to get this information out there about the risks of using antibiotics with a sugar toxin producing E. coli infection, that there's a challenge, right? We're not getting that information all the time to um, to medical professionals, to MDs. Right, right. Which, which is sort of along the line of what we talked about in the last episode, just about the disconnect between what causes foodborne illness, sources, what those impacts are and the treatment of symptoms and that leftovers don't lead to amputations at least not all the time and certainly not in the case that we talked about in the previous episode. Right. Right. And was a, uh, remind me, was Barb Kowalczyk, was she involved with stop at one point? She was. Yeah. 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 So, and, and you know what, it might be from Barb that I learned the, the details about the antibiotic um, management. Cause I think, I think if I remember correctly, her son, Kevin, who, who tragically died from a sugar toxin producing E. coli, um, illness, I think in the, in the time frame between diagnosis and, and, um, you know, treatment, there were, there were antibiotics that were applied, um, which, which may or may not have made the situation worse. I don't know, but I think, I think I have that correct. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, I think that that might be a show. Ben. I think it might I mean, be a we show. Gotta, we, I think we yeah. need to give people some time back after that barn burner of an episode with uh, mystery guest Larry Goodrich. Yeah, with with uh, with with the phage with with our phage man. Um, yeah, no, I I agree. Well, we got. I mean, hang on, we're gonna have some more guests on coming up. There's always there's always content, even, even if we don't have stuff to talk about. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a show. I think you're right. All right. Um, Bye. Bye.
See, I even had an awkward intro of uh, let's start. This is welcome to Food Safety Talk today. Yeah. Was that was Larry's the one, the last one that was posted? It is. Yeah. There's another one that I have not have posted post? yet. Okay. Yeah. So now we, we're in the worst situation that I try to keep out of where I have two recorded and need to edit and post. Um, so I did edit the audio, but I just didn't write right. the notes. So I'm, I'm right. about, I was hoping to do that on Friday and I just didn't do it. But yes, yes, we have two, two in the, two in the can, as they say. And to, uh, to motivate me to edit both, let's schedule another one. Sure. Today is the 15th. What is Tuesday the 29th look like? I can report I have nothing on that day. That's weird that you don't have anything that day. Yep. I also don't have anything that day. Well, we should do it. When you want to do 10 o'clock again? Sure. I like it because it gives me time to, to wake up. All right. Well, that's easy. I will... Um... I'll text Marler right now and see if he can make it. And I just say 7 a.m. your time, 7 a.m. Pacific time. Exactly. Don't even tell him what time. No. All right, done, texted. Cool. All right, I think that's it. I don't know. Uh, I don't, there's no after show stuff for me to talk to you about. Oh, well, other than, no, there is one thing. So I, um, I did not hear like the food safety consortium that's happening in Parsippany. Yeah. I didn't hear anything back. I got the, Hey, connect us with Ben. And then I responded and sent yep. my bio and, and I was like, okay, cool. And then I just haven't heard anything. So I don't know anything like the, you haven't heard anything more than, than nope. that. Have you? Okay. And nope. it's a ways away. It's in October. Yep. So I'm holding the, all three of those days. Cause I don't think yep. we have, okay, good. Yeah. No, they're, you know, they're, they don't listen to the show. They're, 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 you know, they, they're anyway, they're, they're kind of fast and loose and, yeah, that's just their... how they roll. But but by all means, if you were concerned, follow up. No, I'm you know. good. Okay. I just didn't know if I missed something. Nope. Um, and uh, and I'll come to. I'll oh, I did. Out. I I will say, um, I their messages have gotten caught in spam for me. Oh. So um, I but I'm really pretty pretty. I knock wood. I'm pretty good about checking my spam uh, folder these days, and and I mostly see stuff that's in there. I'm pretty good at finding stuff that's in there when it's not spam. Um, but uh, like I said, I, and, and once I see, like I got a message from them that was spam, I, I put them in my contacts and then they, it stops being spam, but. Okay. You, yeah. I'll you, take a look. Want to but, but they would have, I mean, I think would have probably CC'd me and I would have seen it if you hadn't seen it, you know? Yeah. But I don't, I don't remember seeing anything. So. No. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I didn't have any other actions on that one. Um, and then when we, Go just let me know um, if you are planning on going to Arizona for AFTO when we get closer, because we certainly could do a live risky or not there. 
Yeah, and I, I don't remember now what how we left it with Steve. Did he leave open the possibility yep. of doing something remote? Yep. Okay. Yeah, he said he was going to investigate it. Okay. All right. So yeah. we don't know yet. We don't know yet. Yeah. Um, oh, and I got for Compass, I'm forwarding you. So um, I did have something for you. So Tom called me on Friday and said, hey, for mm -hmm. this, this thing, we're going to do sort of rapid fire. We're going to collect a lot of questions and get like, can you guys give us like two minute answers for some risky or not? You know, I'm going to take one, you take one kind of thing. Um, and I said, sure, whatever you want us to do, we'll answer questions. We like whatever's wh whatever, however you want it to go. So it might be, we have like six or eight minutes to talk about stuff. It might be, we have one or two minutes. They might have 60 questions for us to tackle in 60 minutes. Um, where it's like raw yeah. meat, we can just Lightning go, round. yeah, risky, risky next kind of thing. Um, but then I got a message from Chris Rupert yesterday that, which I have not read, but I'm going to forward to you right now. Um, uh, except, yeah. So here are some starting points, um, that we like to get us started. So, okay. uh, sous vide with temperature danger zone for extended period of time. Um, so they're like, yeah, can I sous vide something at 125 for four days, which we've done? Is it risky to consume overnight oats? I think we did an episode on that. Um, risky to bake baked potatoes with nails in them. What the heck? I don't know that one at all. So he gave us a link on that. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. For, to promote heat transfer. Oh, shit. I didn't know. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. I've never seen a, I can't see that that's going to be risky, but. Well, I mean, toxicology. Yeah. Use a galvanized nail. <laughs> it might not be a good idea. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Perfect. All right. Those are all the all things right. I had to talk to you about. Okay. Sounds good. So oh. I put the show notes. I got to do the copy paste uh with everything but uh yeah we really we really did, i did not neither of us including me put very much in the um the the folder so no there was i you know i looked i didn't have a whole lot going on like usually i get you know six or seven things from apple news where yeah. there's feedback but yeah. we just didn't yeah sorry we're all good i'm going to watch batman tonight oh cool um, yeah so I, i'm not sure how um my Sam really wants to go. Um, so I'll, I'll update you, but I hear it's like three hours and 15 minutes long. So it could have been a Netflix show. Like yeah, it's a whole season. The, they talked about that on one of the podcasts I listened to. Maybe it was on, on Chapo, but anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, and Oh, what we watched recently because it fell off the back of a truck onto um, uh, somebody's Plex. That's not me. Uh, uh, and uh, we watched the Spider-Man one with the oh, multiverse. Oh, the, with oh the gosh. Three. So great. Yeah. But also two and a half hours. We two and a half hours. Two nights. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Those are, we, we've, we're, you know, we, we go hit the, uh, the theaters for all the, the Marvel ones. And uh, yeah, I loved, I thought it was great. It was awesome. But yes, very long. Everything's long now, right? Cause it's short on, it's short on Netflix or Disney plus, but if you're going to the theater, it's 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 everything's two and a half three hours yeah. for these big like superhero ones um yeah. so yeah I'll, I'll report back i'll let you know if i liked it all right and i will do my best to watch that episode of ugly delicious me too i think i'm gonna try and watch it today in the background yeah, yeah exactly um cool all right have a good rest of your day i will you talk, too. talk to you later all right bye bye